Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Welcome to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Kim Heineke, Director of Operations for the ministry, along with Pam Keneally, co-founder of Arise. Hi, Pam. Hello, everybody. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that our goal is to provide you with tools for navigating real life. If you're new to the podcast or if you've been with us for a while, we're so glad that you're here. We have a special guest in the studio today. Her name is Carrie Aller. Hi, Carrie. Hi. We are going to be talking about something super interesting. We are going to dive into how God uses the unusable. Carrie is a wife, a mom, a speaker, an author, a songwriter, and an actress. She loves to encourage people through authenticity and humor. She's the founder of Women Becoming Ministries and the founder of the Awaken Me Girlfriends Conference. That sounds like fun. It does. <laughs> she's been in ministry for over 14 years, and she's loved every minute of it. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say, when I read your bio, I was like, okay, wife, mom, speaker, author, songwriter, actress. I was like, well, she is like... You're like Pinterest. Yes. So, and, and <laughs> sure. I know you have a podcast and you have written multiple books. So you've done a little bit of everything. You're so funny. Yeah, but can you play Scrabble? Because I looked at that list and I thought, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But I probably could whoop you in Scrabble. Sure. You know, you probably could because I try to play with my husband all the time and it just doesn't work out for me. <laughs> well, we're, we're He's got a command on those words that you right. don't. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Carrie, God uses the unusable. Amen. That's rumor on the street. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, this is going to this topic is going to come from Carrie's book called God Uses the Unusable. It's available on Amazon. You can find it there. It's also available in Ruth's Christian Bookstore and Full Circle Bookstore. So if you're in one of those areas, you can find her books there. So I just want to start out by making a couple of notes about your book. I read through that this week, and um, and I loved it. It was super encouraging. I read through it, and with every account, every story from the Bible that you used, I thought, oh, that's me. I can identify with that. And if God can use that person, then surely he can use me. And I know that lots of our listeners out there, lots of single moms and, and just other married moms or whatever kind of whatever kind of woman you may be, We've all had those times where we think, there's no way God can use me. But I love the truth in Scripture that shows that God can use the most unusable, the most unlikely person that there is. He can use them for His glory. So that's what's pretty great about God. Amen. So here's the deal. In the book, she lists several people, people from the Bible, some, some that may be well-known, some maybe you don't know as well. And then Carrie kind of spells out their story in the Bible. And then she breaks it down and says, here's how God used this person, and then challenges you to think, here's how God can use me with that particular characteristic or that weakness. So what I've asked her to do today is to talk about three of those people. And I, I took the liberty of picking those people out because I thought they might resonate with our audience the most. Uh, we're going to start with God uses the fearful, and she uses the story of Peter there. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Carrie, and just let you talk to us about how does God use the fearful. Yeah, Peter is actually my favorite disciple because I can relate to him the most because he was always the first one wanting to do something for the Lord, but then at certain times before he really matured in his faith, um, he was really very fearful and he would make excuses and so and he would question and um i i do that a lot in my life and i know that there are so many people out there that if the lord puts on their heart to do something or ask them to do something or trust them 
you know, trust him with something that they are fearful and they make excuses why they're not able or why they're not equipped or why, you know, and all these things and they make excuses. And so I know in my life, I told God, Lord, I can't write a book. I made a C or D in English. I did not like school. How, you know, I don't have a degree, like all these things. But God said, Carrie, by yourself, no, you can't. But through me, you can. And so I said, okay. And when you say okay to God, watch out because he does amazing things. Right. That's why I usually just go, um, maybe I get back to you yes, on that. Use the other person. I will support them very well. I'll pray, I'll pray for, them. for them. I'll pray for I'll them pray on the sidelines. Carrie, I'm praying for you on the sidelines. That's praying good. for you too, girlfriend. Yes. And what I, what I failed to ask you to do in the beginning is to, is to say, like, what was the inspiration for writing, for writing this? So let's just back up and tell our audience what, what your inspiration was for writing this book. Yeah, I actually, God told me when I was pregnant with my daughter, uh, we were on our way to Florida, and God said to me um, very clearly, he said, Carrie, one day I'm going to ask you to speak in front of many, many people, and I'm also going to have you write a book called God Uses the Unusable. And I said, nope, no, I'm not. And for 10 years, I told God, no, I'm not. And then, you know, eventually you get tired wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. So it came to that point where God was like, guess what? You're going to do it. And so I said, okay. (laughs) And so when I did, God orchestrated all the right people to work together to make this book actually become a reality. And it was really, really neat. That's exciting. Well, I love that because often we have single moms say, I really feel God leading me to write a book. And I just want to address that if that's you, that when when that um, calling, that, that intuition in your heart that God wants to use your story. Guess what? He does. He -hmm. does. And I love that Carrie said that she prayed about it. She waited for God to open up the doors, and he did. So if you're feeling that way, just know that uh, your story matters, and God may be calling you to do that. So hide it in your heart and pray and expect God to do that. I appreciate that you said that. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Peter, Um, what, what about his fearfulness and how God used him. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Peter, whenever they were all in the boat, this is one of my favorite stories, and God has used this story in my life repeatedly every time before there was a breakthrough or he wanted me to take a step of faith. But if you're not familiar, um, the 12 disciples were all in the boat, and they were waiting on Jesus. And as they were all in the boat, they saw Jesus walking on water. And all the disciples were saying, uh, is that a ghost? What, what is that? They were all confused and scared. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, call me and I'll come out. And Jesus said, come. So Peter did. He stepped out of the boat. He was the only one that stepped out in faith. And when he did, he was able to focus on Christ. Whenever he did that, he was able to walk on water. But when he took his eyes off the Lord, that's when he started to sink. And I can relate to Peter in that way because... I love the Lord with all that I am, but there's a fleshly part of me Mm -hmm. that when I get my eyes off of Jesus, I start to sink. But what I love, what the the scripture says is immediately Jesus catches him. He doesn't sit there and wait. Immediately he's right there. So if that's you right now, I want you to understand that even if you feel like you're sinking, immediately God is right there with you. You don't have to do it alone. That's good in that story. I'm glad he didn't use the Lazarus approach sure. on that story. Like, oh, I think I'm going to let you sink, and then three days sure. later, I'm be fishing it out. Sure. So. Well, I just love that he used Peter. Peter um, behaves so irrationally through the mm-hmm. Scripture, and yet uh, this uncultured 
fishermen is who God chose to raise up to be at the found foundational to the church, the beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that he looked for those qualities and thought, I can be made strong through his weakness. So I find that to be true of myself today, that God takes the weak things in us and makes them strong. So celebrate your weakness, celebrate your faults, mm-hmm. celebrate your limitations, because you give them to God and he can do more through that. And then, like you said, he gets all the glory. So I, I love that about Peter. Amen. So he was fearful. When you were talking about you know, a lot of people say, I feel like God is telling me to to write my story. It it really it brought a scripture to mind and, and I can't get it up on my phone fast enough. But isn't there something in it's in the in the Old Testament he's saying like he's pretty much saying write my answer, like write it down for the for the at uh, the appointed time. Habakkuk. Yeah, like two, three or uh-huh. something. I I couldn't get mm-hmm. it. But but I just I wanted to go back to that when we're fearful, like God is calling us to do something. We don't have to do the big thing. We only have to do the, the next, next thing, thing that he puts mm-hmm. in front of us. Yes. So for those of you that are listening that you think, apply that to anything. If you're fearful, you don't have to hit the goal. You don't have to be at the end right now. If you're parenting and you're fearful, you just parent today. Mm-hmm. If you're you know, looking for a new job, you don't have to be in the new job right now. You just have to update your resume today. You just do the next thing God puts in front of you, and that kind of dispels some fear that we have. The fear is where you're like, it's overwhelming. Sure. Well, sometimes in doing that as well, Carrie, address the mom that's out there today that says, "Uh, I believe God's calling me to do something, but I'm afraid. Talk to her. What would you tell her to do? I would tell her to spend time in God's word and and dwell in his presence and and focus on his truth because I think it's so easy for us as humans if we focus on our frailties and we focus on the why we can't or why we're not able then no we won't but if we focus on him and what he says and he he says that we can move mountains if we just have a faith the size of a mustard seed mm-hmm. and it only takes that little faith and that step of obedience and it's just one step of obedience and then another one and another one don't try to rush through it just take one step at a time and believe that God will set up those divine appointments to enable you to do whatever he's asking you to do sure i can't help but think if you're waiting for the perfect time to start it will never happen. Right. It just will never happen. I remember uh, going back at a time where I wanted to start a journey in, in this ministry, the rise, and I was talking to a counselor. Oh, I can't do it yet because, and he was like, if you don't, you know, now's the point of time. You start now, even though everything's not lined up. And so if you're waiting for it to be perfect, you might as well, it's not going to come, is it? Yeah. So anything else you want to tell, tell us about Peter that you especially loved about him, his shortcomings, his frailty, his weakness, his, his, um, prone to failure, um, that certainly resonates with us as women, doesn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. And then, you know, what I love about Peter too, is that at the end of his story and Jesus tells him when he comes back, he says, one day you're going to, he basically prophesies to him and tells him one day you will be spreading out your arms wide. And that is how Peter passed away is Mm. that he was crucified, but he got to a point within himself that he humbled himself so much that whenever he was crucified, he said, I can't die the same way Jesus did, hang, do it upside down. So he was crucified upside down because he was not worthy, he felt, to die the same way Jesus did. Yes. So, so what would you say for the mom is, okay, I don't have to have talent. I don't have to have yeah. skill. What's the main thing I have to have to move forward? You just have to have Jesus. Yes. That's all we have to have yes. is that if we have Jesus, then we can do anything. It says, I can do anything through Christ that gives me strength. And I want to encourage you. My mom was a single mom for a while. 
And she felt like, Lord, I want a husband. I want a husband, God. Where's my husband? And when she finally laid it down at Jesus's feet and said, Lord, okay, I trust you. And when she did that, then that's when God started moving. And my dad and my mom knew each other in high school. And then it's a really cool love story, actually. But he calls her, and they go on a date, and then they get married, and then here I am, woohoo! <laughs> well, just like that—that's that. That's exactly how that went. Right, down. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's a beautiful story, and I love that as well. So, for those of you that are sitting out there that are fearful, uh, and God can't use me, you're the perfect person. Mm-hmm. You're just the f- perfect person. And even yeah. now, I'm sure, Carrie, do, do voices come to you even now that you've written this book, and we have an enemy? Do you ever hear fearful things in your mind? Of, of course, but you know, address that, that 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 we do have an enemy that will continue to address us. Tell us about that for you. Absolutely. I've struggled with depression and anxiety in my life. And even though I've been a pastor for 14 years, and even though I've written books and I do speaking and I've done acting and I do songwriting. And she's the, beautiful. You should see her all here. The, all the things. She's all so put things. together. No, oh, no, no, no. I'm a hot mess. But <laughs> You're fooling but, us today. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, through all that, like people see what I do and they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. But I tell them, man, you don't realize, and I'm sure for you all behind the scenes, what you have to go through, the enemy constantly is whispering lies and saying, you're not able, you're not equipped and, you know, putting these roadblocks and you have to overcome and you have to, you know, say, you know what, you move in Jesus name and you keep going. But there's constantly going to be those things that try to bring you away from what God's wanting you to do. That's what the enemy does. When you accept Jesus, you have a target on your back and he will come at you every way that he can through your kids, through your family, through your job, through finances, through sickness, everything that he can, but you have to press into Jesus and you say, you know what, greater is he with, or greater is he he within me (laughs) than he that is in the world. Thank you. So, yeah. That's beautiful. You know, I remember just the other day hearing a single mom say, I'm not enough. I'm Mm. just, I'm just so fearful that I'm not enough to raise this child. I have a teenager. I'm just not enough to do it all. Mm -hmm. So address the woman that's saying, I'm not enough. Man, I think that's a struggle for so many women, Mm -hmm. whether you're married or single or young or older. I think that we feel like we have to measure up in some kind of way and have these false imaginations. If if we're not this way or that way, then we're not good enough. And I've battled that in my life, too. I'm I'm a fluffy woman, as I say, and I, (laughs) I have curves in all the right places. But, you know, it took a while for me to be comfortable in my own skin. And I used to think I wasn't enough, too. But, man, that's the biggest lie from the enemy. Sure. Yeah, that's good. That's, I love that. These are great words. Awesome. All right. So we know that God can use the fearful. Yes. What about the broken? Mm. Well, one of the chapters in your book that I really loved was God uses the broken, and you gave the story of Naomi. And would you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So if you're not familiar with Naomi, Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law, and she lost literally everything. She lost her husband, her children. She lost everything, and she was completely broken. And God restored her and used her in such a mighty way, and she didn't even know that Jesus was going to be in her bloodline, but he he is. And so um, if you are just broken— I want you to know that that's not a permanent, a permanent place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it is a definite place, but it's not a permanent place. Don't allow yourself to settle in that brokenness. It's so easy for us to camp out in a brokenness mind, uh, 
state of mind. Um, but we don't have to. And Naomi, she could have, but she didn't. And she was used in a mighty way. I love that. Uh, the Hebrew word for Naomi is um, pleasantness. Mm. So before oh. the Lord, her brokenness and her her sense of loss of identity and find, having a uh, just a family, God saw that as pleasant. Mm-hmm. So if you're broken today, God sees that as pleasant and the fact that he wants to do something with it. In fact, the word says in... Um, I'm trying to think the scripture about brokenness in Psalms 147. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And mm-hmm. I speak that personally myself. After going through a divorce, I uh, was broken and thought God could never use me. Yeah. But that was a lie. And God can heal your deepest part. And mm-hmm. that brokenness, God takes us to brokenness. So we finally have to look up when we're broken. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said about Naomi. Yeah. And if you think about it, too, I love what you said, Pam. If you think about it, all the miracles that Jesus did came from a broken place. Mm-hmm. And I think he does that very much in our lives, just like you. I mean, this amazing ministry that have helped so many women, so many women. Well, it's, it's all about, like you said, surrender and yeah. and giving it to God. Surrender is two words and to let go. And we're going to talk about that in another podcast. I was podcast. trying to make two words out of surrender. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yes. we're going to let go. Yes. Certainly talk about that in a, another podcast with you. We're looking forward to, but I appreciate what you shared about Naomi. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. And thinking about brokenness, like, I mean, my story is similar to yours, Pam, you know, a very unwanted divorce. And you feel like even, even more than the divorce, you just feel like that's the death of a dream. You know, like that's what you end up grieving after a while. You're just, you're just grieving the death of a dream. And when you gave that one scripture, it makes me think of another one. John 12, 24 says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears more fruit or bears much fruit. So you think about your place of brokenness where you feel like something has, something has died, whether it's a dream or it's, or it's a you know what I'm saying, or a relationship or, or whatever it is, and you're broken, that like that really is when God steps in and says, okay, now that you're out of the way, sure, I can put this back together, mm-hmm. you know, and he uses his, this is a bad, he uses his like grace glue to sure. glue you back together. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful you know? image. And then, and then you're, then you're not broken. You're whole again. So sure. and then you, you can bear fruit. So right. mm-hmm. it's a good story about Naomi. It is. I, we're talking about Peter. He wept bitterly, but he returned after that to greater, to bigger, to more released greatness. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the outcome of being broken mm-hmm. is a release to greatness you could never have had otherwise. So I appreciated you sharing that about Naomi. So here's one that I think resonates with every woman, with every mom I know for sure. One of the chapters in your book is God uses the worrier. Now, I know I'm sure none of us sitting here, none of us listening, we don't worry about anything, right? Yeah. I don't worry about how your kids are going to turn out. Mm -hmm. You worry, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Mm -hmm. You worry, how am I going to um, have Christmas for my kids? What are my kids going to think of me? You know, sure. what am I going to feed them for dinner? Mm -hmm. Like they want to eat every day, Carrie, every day. Can you imagine? I know, they just keep growing. They do. <laughs> they do. So you worry, you worry about all the things. So you took the story of Martha. So would you talk a little bit about that story and how does God use the worrier? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I worry about worrying. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. I'm one of those We people. can get help for you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Give me Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but 
there's Mary and Martha in the Bible and their sisters. And um, yeah, she, Martha was very much a worrier. She wanted to, you know, make sure everybody was taken care of. She wanted to make sure everything looked just right. And I know when I have people over, I am a hot mess. Like my family knows to stay out of the way because I'm constantly trying to clean and make sure everything looks mm-hmm. just right. And instead of just kind of taking a breath and say, you know what, like, the people that are coming over love me. Yes, I want it clean and obviously organized or whatever, but I don't need to worry about it. And, you know, Martha learned, I feel, you know, that day that Jesus said, you know what? Hey, Mary's over here. She's actually at my feet and she's wanting to hear what I have to say. And that is much more that nobody can take away from her. And I think that's a wake up call for us too, is that we sit here and we worry about all these things, the to-do list, the, man, the struggles, this and that and jesus is just saying hey come at my feet and just know that you can rest in my presence and then it's going to be okay yeah sure i like to think of the word worry there's a definition for worry and it's three words trust in yourself Mm. and so when i'm worrying i'm like okay you're just so trusting in yourself to fix it you're so trusting in yourself to figure this out Mm -hmm. and of course the opposite is to yield it to god and get it off your shoulders but uh Worry. It's just, you know, Jesus spoke so much about worry because he knew we would be prone to this this world that was so broken from his original rule that we would be worried. Mm-hmm. But thank the Lord he gave us scripture to help us overcome that. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing about Martha, we always say this, like she gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm in Martha's camp because there's a checklist in my head at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always an order. There's always, I'm just a firstborn did you say like you're a control freak oh absolutely when carrie walked in the door she said made some comment about being a control freak and i was like i got you girl like i totally i totally get that but there's i don't think that what martha was doing was bad she was she was doing things that Mm -hmm. in itself i don't think that was bad maybe it was the attitude of her heart that was worried that her sister was doing squat Mm -hmm. like her sister wasn't even helping so for those of you let me just um let me just make myself feel better. But like for those of you that are that are doers, you know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't we shouldn't do things. We shouldn't prepare and make plans and take action and things like that. We just can't worry about the right. outcome. We just do what we can do and then we let God do what we can't do. Mm-hmm. So poor little Martha. I, love that. I know she I did. mean, if she were here, I, I might just get a T-shirt with her face on it because she, I get her. Sure. She'd have a lot of fans, wouldn't she? She would have a lot of fans. We'd, we'd be like, Mary, go away. Martha, we understand you. I would be like, Martha, I hear you, sister. She hasn't done anything all day. And I would be helping her do dishes in there. Yes. But you know what? Martha was the first one when Jesus came back with the Lazarus story. Martha was the first one that ran to Jesus and mm-hmm. while Mary was sitting in the house doing something still so, sitting still sitting <laughs> anyway talk us to us oh. a little bit more about Martha and and her worry what we can learn from her yeah I think that you know in my life I've worried about so much and there was a story like with my grandpa uh he was actually really sick in the hospital and he called me and he was like Carrie you've got to stop being such a worry work because I just loved and adored him so much and I was so worried about him but you know, it's so true in our lives. We've got to just learn from Martha in this way. We can't worry about the checklist. We mm-hmm. can't worry about these things and have have a different perspective shift. Because I think if we, like you said, Pam, if we're relying on our own strength, that's when the worry just floods. And mm-hmm. we just open that door and say, come on in. But when we kind of 
put our gaze going kind of back to Peter too, put our gaze on Jesus. That's when those things like when you feel that worry coming up and creeping in, you can just say, you know what? Nope, I'm going to take captive my thoughts. And I know that Jesus is in control and that it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I think when you think about moms, one of the things that we worry about the absolute most is our children. Oh, yeah. Like, are my kids going to be okay? Am I going to be able to keep them alive? Have um, I ruined them? Have I ruined? Yes. Mm-hmm. The answer to that is probably. <laughs> like for my for my kids, I probably I should prepay for therapy because it'll be cheaper now than it will be when they really need it. That's not true. Your kids are. Great. I know my kids are fantastic. Yeah. I do love them. But when you think about when you think about worry, and the question is, you know, are they going to be okay? And Pam, you and I had this discussion even earlier today about something not even related to this podcast, but. The truth is we can we don't have to worry about are they going to be okay. And I have moms ask me all the time like does it get better? You know, <laughs> or does this get easier? <laughs> and I just say to them, no, it just gets different, you know, but you get better. Mm-hmm. Like the situation may not get better, but you get better at it. You get better at trusting God and not trusting yourself and so not worrying as much. And I have to say to myself all the time, I can't worry about what might happen with my kids because if I do, then I'm like all fretted up about it now. And then if it happens, I have to experience it all over again. So I have kind of learned to train myself to not worry about it now, just deal with it if it happens, you know, if something bad were to happen, but to to worry and fret about it now in anticipation of something happening you're setting yourself up to experience it twice. Sure. I mean, I do not need that. Mm, sure. Carrie, how do you handle the worry when it comes to you and you're worried about your child? Yeah, I go to my mom a lot. My mom is like my best friend, and uh, <laughs> I ask her opinion on everything. And so she said, Carrie, here's the thing. You take the worst case scenario and you take the best case scenario, and if you can kind of get you wrap your head around those things, I guess, then usually it kind of ends up in the middle somewhere yeah Mm -hmm. and so if you're kind of a you know okay I can handle this I can handle that then and my son has high functioning autism so there's so many times where I worry about him at school and is someone going to bully him and is he going to be okay and all these things but man God just keeps showing up and when I finally just say okay I can't worry about this anymore and give it to God then God just shows off sure good I want to read a scripture Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. 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 Let, let's like let that the sit kids. there for a do minute. Do not be anxious about the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you should just let that sit in your heart a little bit. Don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, pray with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Like there's really nothing. That's all you, like that's the spectrum, everything and nothing. You know, it's like that's, that's what you get. God knows all of the days for us before one of them happens. And we've said this on the podcast many, many times. Nothing is a surprise to him. If something goes great, that didn't surprise him. If something goes maybe not so great, that's not a surprise to him either. But our job is to just come before him with thanksgiving and rest in him. And it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, peace is a person. It's the person of Jesus. Jesus is more than able to fill in 
all those little gaps that we create when we worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to think that worry and fear cannot be in the same thought as peace and trust. Right. That if I'm worrying and fearing, which I can easily do, that is not that can't that can't take up the same brain space mm-hmm. as peace and trust. And we get to pick which one takes up that brain space. We sure do. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about your book that we should know because we're so excited about it. Yeah, I just, you know, my heart for it. And I pray right now, if you're listening, I want you to understand that if you feel like you're unusable, that is so, that is such a lie from the enemy. And, you know, I think that God takes all of our broken pieces and he turns it into a beautiful masterpiece. And, you know, um, on the front of the cover, you'll see a girl and it's a mosaic picture and she's broken, but she's put back together in such a way. With grace glue. With I love it. <laughs> with grace glue. I love it. And uh, yeah, but you know, each of us are broken. There's no mm-hmm. perfect person. We all try to go to church and, and wherever we're at and, you know, try to pull it all together and act like we have it all together. But the truth is we're all a hot mess. We all have a great need for the Lord and we all have a need for each other to encourage each other too. It's so good. That is beautiful. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up, Pam? You know, I just want to say to our single moms that God loves you. He has a plan for you. And he knew before this thing happened, whatever your thing is, that he would work it together for good. And I think what you basically told us through this, Carrie, is nothing is impossible with him, that he's used the things in your life to move you forward. And now you're a great testimony to women everywhere. You're a beautiful person inside and out. And I thank you so much for being here today. You've certainly blessed our hearts. And so thank thank you you for being here today. That was fun. Yes. So, uh, yes. And I'll just piggyback on Pam. We do. We want to thank you for listening to the Equip podcast by Rise Ministries. And we love hearing from you. We love hearing your comments. And one of the ways that you can help advance our message is to um, leave a comment or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. More importantly, if you share this on your social media channels, we'd really appreciate it. You can find out more about Carrie on her website. I'm going to spell it for you so you get her name right. CarrieOller.com. C-A-R-R-I-O-L-L-E-R.com. The book God Uses the Unusable will be linked in the podcast show notes, or you can search for it on Amazon. And again, Ruth's Christian Bookstore or Full Circle Bookstore. Carrie, thank you for being here today. Thank you, guys. And moms, I hope that you'll join us next time we get together. Have a great day as you remember that God can use each of us no matter what we've walked through. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.